Welcome, welcome to Walking Through Glass, the podcast. I am your host, Dr. Dina C. Brown, founder of the Lead Her Shift Movement, internationally best-selling author, speaker, and executive coach, affectionately known to my clients as the catalyst because I make shift happen. My purpose in life is to inspire, empower, and transform lives. I wake each morning with the mission to help you lead with confidence, speak with influence, and connect strategically by getting out of your own head so you can lead. And by lead, I mean learn, experience, apply, and develop. Walking Through Glass, the podcast, is not about breaking through the glass ceiling. It's about the struggle we face on our journey, walking through the glass, the fear, anxiety, depression, imposter syndrome, limited beliefs, negative self-talk, and you know, other BS, belief systems that get in the way of us living the life we dream and desire. It is time to make the shift to clarity, confidence, and consistency. Now, today, I have a special treat on this journey. Today, Chanel Spencer, an innovative entrepreneur and CEO of Maxim Evolution, specializing in branding, executive coaching, and business development is going to help you evolve to the best you. Spencer is a six-time best-selling author, creator of Me Publishing, and works with aspiring authors from all over the world, walking them through the entire writing process, from idea development to launching their finished product into the world. Chanel has two small children that motivate her to make the world a better place, don't they all? Which has her, which has fueled her passion to give back to her community. And I'm gonna have to turn that all the way down so you can get the real good good because you know what? Chanel donates her time, her services, and products to survivors of domestic abuse and high-risk youth. Chanel is a tenacious force who worked her way up from an accounting clerk all the way to the general manager of a major hotel in New York City. Along the way, she has overcome every kind of obstacle you can imagine. She uses her wisdom to help businesses and professionals bypass potential threats by identifying and strengthening their weak areas while expanding on their strengths. If that's not evolution, I don't know what is. And after successfully achieving her professional goals in the hospitality industry, Chanel walked away from her career to focus on maximum evolution full time. Since then, she has developed multiple products, written eight best-selling books, including two children's books, worked with numerous authors, created a publishing company, and works as an executive coach. And today, she is here with you to help you walk through the glass and maybe even publish a little something on the other end of that. Welcome, Chanel. How are you? Hello. How are you? I'm super, super excited to be here. I appreciate you you and your time. And yes, hi. <laughs> I mean, what about that bio? Oh my goodness. It's just so amazing. And I know like when we share bios, it's really just a snapshot. Right. I mean, like, 
there, I always say there's more to the story, right? Right. Yeah. Um, so what else should our listeners kind of know about you um, as a woman, as an entrepreneur, as a mother, as a diva extraordinaire, um, as we get ready to jump into this conscious conversation? Um, you know, as an entrepreneur and as you read the buyer sitting there like, oh my gosh, like I sound amazing. <laughs> right. Um, and, 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 but then there's always, like you said, there's always the in-between and the, the, um, the side of the entrepreneurship or the accolades that you don't necessarily know about the person and, and everything that has brought me to this point and every challenge that I've faced. Um, I appreciate every moment. Um, you know, I'm, with my small, with my children, um, and, and who I am as an individual, my goal in life is to yes, get to where I want to be in an, in a successful way, but also to bring others along with me. Um, because you know, it, there are so many people that haven't had maybe the same opportunities or, um, or haven't, or doesn't have that same support system, um, to, to truly get to where they want to be or even see it for themselves. You know what I mean? So that is one of my true missions is to truly help um, many women and, and children that have just been through many, many um, challenges um, because I used to be a, um, I used to be in a domestic abusive relationship when I was younger. Um, I, cha- I had challenges with self-esteem and self-worth to the point where I, um, when I was 18, I attempted suicide, you know, um, and it wasn't a, a representation of my parents because my family is amazing, but it was just a representation of where I was or the lack of what I felt about myself or just wanting to be done with literally what you said in your intro um, of the limiting beliefs, the fear, the the sadness, the depression. Um, and, and yeah. 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 Well, I I'm I'm like, it's going to get super, super great. It's kind of something weird is like happening. I told you like, this is going to be a powerful conversation because there's all this like other feedback. And I feel like, you know what, maybe it's the evolution. Maybe it's part of the transformation. Maybe it's part of, you know, all the things that we have to go through to get to the next, how we choose to persevere, because no matter what, this party is not going to stop. Right. <laughs> I was like, what in the world? I heard, hush, hush, hush. What? That's what I heard on my end. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so, you know, I just spin it like we do. We right. thought about, okay, that's revving up the engine. That's revving up the engine. We right. about to be revved up, y'all. So, <laughs> um, this is going to be an amazing show. I already can tell that. And one of the questions that I love to ask all the guests and um, is that when they hear the words walking through glass, what images come to mind and what feelings or emotions or thoughts come to mind when you hear the even title of the podcast, which is again, walking through glass. Uh, what did you think when um, you saw that? Um, it re- represented to me, like the challenges for you that you have to go through to get to your next chapter or to step into your greatness. It's never going to be a smooth, um, a smooth road for most, right? So you're always, there's always going to be some kind of challenge that you kind of have to walk through. And, um, and that's kind of what I got from that, but through the glass. And once you get to the other side of the, of the, the glass, it's, you'll step into everything and all that you dreamed of, but you have to have it in you to persevere through the glass, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's so strange. Like it keeps saying like, and, and it'll, I guess it breaks up, but whenever you finish talking, there's this like little hush that comes out. Yes. I don't know if they're hearing it on their side of it or I'm just hearing it, but that happens each time <laughs> you cook with the other piece. So that's so <laughs> this is going to be so interesting. And I'm telling you, everybody that bears with us through this, um, through this, <laughs> this discussion, I'm telling you, you're going to get some golden nuggets and there's nothing great that comes from 
um, that's being easy. So we know that to traverse through this, there's got to be something phenomenal on the other side of, especially what we've been through. I felt like we were walking through the glass just to get to this. Right. <laughs> Just to get to this discussion, and I started asking um, women the question, or guests when they came on the come on the show, because I would usually just share and tell them how I came up with walking through glass. And so, for those of you that are regular listeners, you've heard this before, but it's always such a great um, thing to hear again because we never know where we're at in our life for that day, where it's going to speak to us a little differently. So. I was working on Destimony, which just actually the anthology that was just published in December. Um, uh, what was that? Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Destimony. And I had held it for a couple of years. I've been working on Destimony. And I was still kind of going, you know, as an author, you get a little stuck a little bit. You're like, okay, it's not coming out the way. How do I really want to do this? And so I was getting all these divine downloads. And I came... Um, from working with a client and the client was just, I'm talking about a dynamic powerhouse, powerhouse of an executive. And I had been to a couple of women events and um, they're always talking about breaking the glass ceiling and getting a seat at the table and breaking the glass ceiling and rah, rah. And I even speak at some of those events and they're great to get people all out encouraged and excited and giving them career advice. And I can tell you how to strike your power pose, how to weave a conversation and articulate and enunciate, right? But how do we deal with the broken piece, meaning the broken little girl that's inside? And so God just downloaded to me as I was driving and I had to pull over because it just came to me as this huge deluge. Right. What about walking in the glass? The, The ceiling's been broken you know? And so the women are struggling with walking through the glass because sometimes the attitudes and the perceptions and the mindsets of the people in the room didn't change. They might've let them inside the door. They might've let them, you know, kind of come in, but how are they managing? Because as women, we tend to be harder on ourselves and others. And walking through the glass is about your headspace. And so, and I thought about, when you're a child and you break that glass in the kitchen trying to get some milk at 12 o'clock and you shouldn't have been up in the kitchen, no way. Right. And you shouldn't have been using the good glasses because right. you're supposed to be using the cups, right? The plastic right. cup. And so you break the glass and you thought you sweep it all up. You, in, you, you thought you got away with it. And then you go in the kitchen, you go through that room with your no shoes on and that little bitty shard of glass will cut you. Right. You can still walk. You still proceed. And sometimes you don't want anybody to know because then they would know that (laughs) what you did. But that glass has that power, depending on how big or how small, if it gets embedded in your foot, if it's cutting you, et cetera, if you don't get it out, if you don't deal with it, make the unconscious conscious, it can actually fester. Absolutely. And you, so again, people are like you're that deep all the time. That's how my brain works, y'all. <laughs> I didn't detect one lie. You are you are literally like uh, I'm sitting here like yes, oh my god. So so that was that whole piece of, and and then I was I started writing the book, and it's a guidebook. And at first I was like, okay, I'm gonna do like anthology, I'm gonna tell stories. You know, I have some stories. I tell people I don't look like what I've been through. Thank God, but I've been through right. something. Right. And I I had to show up in the space with glass in my foot and keep moving anyway. Right. I tried to pull, get the tweezers to pull it out and I couldn't. And for some of those little pieces, I had to get somebody else because they could see it and they could actually apply more pressure than I could from where it was located to help get it out. And so, you know, through these different experiences, it was like, okay, wow. So I was like, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to talk about it. And then God downloaded again. He said, actually, I want to tell people how people know what they're dealing with. Right. They don't know how to move. Right. And everything about my brand, the lead her shift movement, the shift factor, <laughs> everything's about movement. Right. And, um, and so that's pretty much how, and I said, okay, I was doing LA talk radio at the time. And so let's get real with Dr. Dean. And I said, I want a real show, real talk conscious conversations. And some of my guests would get a little perturbed with me because I'm like, okay, so tell me more about that. You know, <laughs> I was getting to the, the good, good stuff. 
right. of. And right. it was it was this, you know, these transformative experiences. And so when I was still doing kind of like a little podcasting on the side, but I wasn't doing it with integrity and fidelity. I was just kind of popping in and playing around. I was called I was a playing podcaster. Right. And so, and but I liked it because I'd get up in the middle of the night and, and do a little shows and just talk. I would have conversations about what was in my head with these lessons of what I call diva hacks. And in doing that, it just started to formulate. And I said, you know, walking through glass is really a guidebook. It's a it's a game, it's a it's a blueprint, it's a game plan. Right. And most people need you need that. That's important because most don't know how to navigate through. You know what I mean? Their challenges themselves. So I think that's like perfection. Go ahead. <laughs> so that, so that, was, that was kind of how it's, it began. And, you know, and to give you, like I said, like some of that other framework um, behind, you know, the impetus behind that. And then it's just kind of taken off, um, taken off since then. And then when I wanted to name the show and I was like, okay, God, what am I going to call it? Is it going to be Get Real with Dr. Dean again? I already got low, you know, and it, it didn't sit well with me. And so I was talking to my coaches like, well, what about walking through glass? Isn't that what you want to talk about? Right. And I thought, is that too edgy? You know, like <laughs> that's like spot on perfect. Like <laughs> and, then, and so the rest is history. You know what I mean? So then the rest is history. So I, I did. And and every now and again when I thought about changing it, because I thought maybe it's too and everyone's like, no, 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 it's intriguing. I actually mm-hmm. I don't know what it is when they see it. And I want to know more. So I've left it at that. And so I'm so honored to even have you come on because I know you have been through some things. It's like I've called it. And you have been able to transform the broken areas and the brokenness in your life to something beautiful and magical and even profitable. Hey, let's keep it real. Right. (laughs) So tell us a little bit more about that. Um, So for me, I just, like I've always been a person where I've always wanted more. Um, not in the sense of I'm never satisfied with what I have, but I always like to change. I always like to to evolve and learn as much as I possibly can. So um, as I was growing in my hospitality career, um, I started as a guest service agent maybe about 10 years ago with the um, same company that I became a general manager with. I've always, as soon as I get into a position, I'm like, this is great. I feel like I've learned everything. Okay, what's next? You know what I mean? So I've always challenged myself in that way my, for my entire life. Um, and so as I was continuing to grow, um, I became an assistant general manager, accounting manager. And then I was like, I want to be a GM. And then in between the assistant general manager, um, phase, I was like, hmm, I want to be an author. <laughs> I want to I want to have my own company and I and I want to have more of an impact in the world. You know what I mean? Um, and as I was growing in my position in the corporate world, I started to see the 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 politics of it all in the sense of not necessarily um, being counted in because of me being a woman or because of my ethnicity or because or be in the behind the scenes and doing interviews and having those kind of conversations with higher ups is like oh well the the judgment if that makes sense so mm-hmm. my goal was to give opportunities and to provide opportunities to those who may have been discounted cuz i know what that feels like you know what i mean so as i was growing in my career yes i was making more money yes i'm yay i'm a general manager but my my mission was to to help change somebody else's life. You know what I mean? Because I know what it feels like to not know when you're, you're going to get the next dollar, to know what it feels like to feel hopeless and to be in a dark tunnel. And even if I blink and squint as small as I can, I don't see the light. You know what I mean? So if I could be that light for someone, it it just gave me such a satisfaction. You know what I mean? And And me building my company was... Also saying, I'm no longer going to fight for a seat at your table. Don't worry about it. You can keep your table. You can keep your chair. You can keep your pen. You can keep your, your all of that. You can all have that. I'm going to build my own. And I'm going to, I'm going to help a million of people that have been in, have ever felt the same way that I have felt where you just be like, I don't know what my next is. I just need somebody to give me opportunity. I just need somebody to see me. You know what I mean? Um, and that was the driving force in my career as well as me building my career. 
that's powerful. I love the piece that is like, yes, I'm a driving force. Again, like I said, every time after you talk, I get this whole little um, thing. I call it my um, my revolution for this evolution. <laughs> um, <laughs> in the transition space um, to do that. But I that is so powerful for you to recognize that. That's what I, where I think a lot of the power sits with us when we can recognize when it's that time. Right. And one thing that you said that had me nearly want to jump from the chair is that why am I waiting for you to invite me to your table? Mm-hmm. And I, I know for me, I get that to the nth degree. Right. And why is that as a speaker and as a trainer, as a coach, and again, I speak on some pretty large platforms. I also, because I amazing. <laughs> in like the HR space. And, and so I've done keynotes and, you know, in the corporate space. Right. And then I've, you know, done some things in, you know, the entrepreneurial space. Mm-hmm. And so it was really interesting at one point in time, maybe about a year or so ago, um, and I help entrepreneurs actually think and create. So the way my brain works is that as soon as you start talking, I literally can start to visualize streams of right. income yep. from the one thing. See, people, I'm not going to, and this is not any sort of shade or disrespect to anyone who does multiple type businesses. But for instance, if you told me, that um, I'm in the hospitality space. So my brain would be like, okay, here is six additional things tied from your one thing right. <laughs> that's going to give you profit. I'm not going to bring you a credit repair, a tax agency, five other different types of things that might take you out of your zone in your season right now. Right. They might be things you want to expand into But when you're entrepreneur and you're looking at how do I create these multiple streams of income and how do I do so with integrity and intention, how do I scaffold and structure that? And so that's one of my sweet spots is to go in and say, let me audit what you're doing. Let me audit your systems because I'm heavy in operations, operations and I'm I'm a systems thinker. Mm-hmm. And so how does this all connect and how is this going to connect and not make you crazy? Right. <laughs> and, and so I'm <laughs> just, you know, and so then to be able to do that, but I was getting, I would get requests when people would ask me to do certain things and I would get people to call me and I'm like, Hey, you did such and such. Hey, why didn't you tell me that sounds fun? It's right up my branded space. Because again, when you have that give people will put labels on you. And people say, well, I can't afford you. How did you know? You didn't even ask me. <laughs> you didn't even right. ask me. They just, right, make the assumption. Yep. They make this assumption. And then I would notice that certain tables that I actually help build, there'll be things, and you're like, where am I invited? What happened to my invitation? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so instead of getting caught up, you know, you might get caught up in your feelings for five minutes. And God spoke to me. He said, here's the thing. He said, you are still trying and looking for and mistakenly are looking at being invited to that table. I called you to build tables. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah over here. (laughs) When you were talking, that's what, uh, and, and so that's why I said, oh my gosh, she is my people. And so he said, why are you training and building? He said, you cannot hide anymore. And this is a season of what I call midwifery for me. Mm-hmm. And so I live my life in seasons, not in years, in season. <laughs> and so with that, he said, this is your season of midwifery. And I've called you to help these women birth what I've already planted inside of them. A midwife doesn't just start when the time to have the baby come out. It starts from the fact from implantation. And nurturing and guiding and, and, you know, and helping them stay the course and make sure that they get all the food and the fuel and all the vitamins and all the supplements, what they need to carry to full term to birth. And then after birth, how do I begin to care and nurture that baby? And all of us have those babies, those dreams inside of us. 
And so I was like, okay, God, like for real, like right now, I just need to get my graduated. Let me just, and he said, Mm-mm. and so that's where the whole theme of unstoppable. And I was sitting there and just in tears in, in the car, just going through some things. And I was just like, okay, God, you know, what's going on? This has happened. He said, people talk about, you know, learning how to get uncomfortable, being uncomfortable. And I'll tell you right now, that makes me crazy. I can't stand it. <laughs> It will, it's like chalk and a chalkboard for me when people say that. I'm just, if y'all say that, just know that when you say it in my presence, say it with my chalkboard, my nerves. Because he said, he didn't say it in these terms. This is my interpretation. I mean, let's throw that out there for people. Say, talking about I rewrote the Bible. No, he didn't. <laughs> he said, a thong is uncomfortable and you can wear it. Okay. <laughs> he said, can you proceed while under siege? That's right. what, and that's what being unstoppable is. Yeah. Can you still stay the course when the road gets bumpy? Can you right. still continue to persist when all odds are against you? Can you keep, still keep moving? Keep moving, even if it's a micro inch at a time. When there's every roadblock in your way, he said that's unstoppable. You need to learn and you need to teach how to keep moving and persevere. And that's what true real faith is. He said, and so this is the season of unstoppable. He said, in these times, uncomfortable, it's easy. That's why people give up. Oh, I'm not comfortable. It is a little too uncomfortable. I'm going to stop. He said, but can they rise to the next level for what I've called them to do? And he said, so that's where, I mean, all of these thoughts, like again, mid last year started to hit me and I was like, okay, God, like for real, um, <laughs> did I just tell you, I'm trying to get my baby graduated <laughs> my own ish right now. <laughs> You're like, all right, let me just get my notebook. Hold on. I'll write it down. <laughs> so when you were saying that, I was like, oh my gosh, she's my people. But what led to that, and even this whole Corona apocalypse, I call it, <laughs> is that I've had to sit still and be quiet. And my great creative space. And um, I'm an ambivert. So I can go into a tunnel, not come out until I need to. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. My friends literally call me ghost because (laughs) I can literally do the exact same thing. Like I just because when you're in that space of I say hibernation, it's because it's not because you're like, okay, for everybody else It's because you have to get you have to get in one with yourself without any other distractions so you can truly figure out, okay, what is my A, what is my B and align everything so that it makes sense in your brain. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Oh, it does. Oh, it's like, <laughs> you hear like that whole like, echo. okay. See, it just does it for like a second. I'm always really? kind of, I took yeah. my headphones off and everything. I don't know what's happening. It's, and it's you're so breaking up. <laughs> I feel like I'm in the, I feel like I'm in the matrix. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm having such a good conversation. This is so unfair. <laughs> no, but you know what though? But that's what that's what being unstoppable is. Is right. that at the end of the day and and the and the whole piece is that okay, now that I learn that this keeps happening and it happens after you like you finish like talking for a second and then I come back and talk, there's that little space that it does that. There's that glitch. But long as I know that that's happened, guess what? I've now learned how to mitigate that. Right. That's what life is. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. Okay. Okay. This happens. I'm not going to stop. It doesn't stop me. It doesn't It doesn't um, deter from the overall message if you truly want to get what you want to get out of it. And so now that I know that it happens, I know to pause for a minute and not go into a deep dive when I hear that evolution revolution now right. that's what I called it see you got that whole maximum evolution thing girl we, we got no. maximum <laughs> you know because see it says me right that's that me <laughs> so, so it's 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 learning to take those moments and in life and in all seriousness for everybody listening and to do that how do i not fall apart when it doesn't go the way that I planned. And I posted something the other day and my coach was speaking on it about when life happens and things, you know, cataclysmic things, things that we were unexpected when they occur, you don't change your goal. You revise the plan. Yes. 
You 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 throw out the plan. And you go, well, this is not what I planned. Well, it shouldn't have been because this is different now, huh? What you going to do? Right, right. <laughs> so what, what I say to myself in any situation where I have like an adversity or a challenge, I always say, okay, there's two things. What is the area of opportunity for me to to learn and grow? You know what I mean? Um, right. Or what is it? How is it preparing me for my next? You know, so a lot of times, like when when I finally became a general manager, where it felt like it took forever, um, but it was a it was a everything happens like you said in a, in the right season, right? So, um, everything that I had learned, everything that I had um, overcame, everything, all of the challenges that I had in that course of time prior to, I literally was like, oh wow, this happened in two thousand in 2014 and now I know how to handle it now in 2018 you know what I mean so it, everything literally is a stepping stone and a preparation for your greatness and for your next chapter of life I believe that every single every time single. see it's like see? a robot oh my God. <laughs> okay so it takes about like I said like a little quick cycle <laughs> to switch over after you finish talking okay. it takes Real quick psych, like a real quick little ching, and then it'll go away. <laughs> oh man. So, so again, that's that's but but what you said was so powerful, and what you said was so um it's like I said, I, I don't know why when we're in the midst of things that we don't always see it. <laughs> we gotta step out of it. But we have to have those other individuals kind of come back around. And and so in in building our tables, and I want to tell us a little bit about, you know, what you do and how did you come up with maximum evolution? That is just the coolest. I I, I saw that and I started thinking, I was like, oh, my God, I love this. <laughs> how did you come up with that? Um, so for me, maximum means always at your best. And so I always want to be at my maximum. I always want to show up in my, in my with my best foot forward and evolution. Um, you want to always, you're always evolving. You're always wanting to learn more. You always want to do, you always want to get your life to the next level. So when you combine the two, then you're truly, truly, truly stepping into your greatness by maxim- maximizing who you are as an individual and forever evolving so that you can truly be who you need to be in this world and and walk into your greatness as well as walking in line with, with your destiny. Mm. Wow. That's wow. Wow. <laughs> that when you think about alignment and as you were talking, I thought about bicycle, I thought about wheels, I thought about spokes in a wheel. And I thought about how all those things occur and that anytime you have a spoke out of place, then either you get feedback or your wheels going to like wall boards are going to fall out or the tires not going to roll properly, et cetera. And that we can learn a lot about how to lead and how to manage our own behaviors. If we actually look around us and, <laughs> and look at certain systems that are actually set up for those things. And so to get maximum speed, think about people who are, um, that race bikes, they are so super light. Those little light aluminum bikes, right. Tour de France, whatever else, their tires probably cost more than some people's houses. <laughs> okay. Yes. And alignment is so key. And if one thing is out of alignment, they have the potential to lose a race or even injure themselves. Absolutely. And when we take stock about with our relationships, with our opportunities, even with our business decisions, we should have the same steadfastness as a champion race car driver, a bike rider, et cetera, when we talk about our wheels and the things that keep us moving. And when we do, we begin to look at that. And then if we're driving the car, who's in our passenger seat? Or if we're a passenger, who are we to let drive in our car? Right. You know, and 
I tell people all the time, I always speak in metaphors. It's just the way my brain is set up. It's like perf- your metaphors are like perfect. Like I just, it's just like. <laughs> because I believe that they help us really see things and put things in place. Right. Perspective. And visualize. Yes. You're absolutely right. Visualize it because I can say this all day and and I can say it in all these different ways. And I when I do that, you're like, huh? But when I then break it down and talk about, okay, you remember when you were trying to ride a bike? And you know, depending on well, depending on where you grew up, you either just got pushed out there, you had to make it happen with knees and and scraped up, or maybe if you were in a certain situation, you might have had that starter bike with the little wheels and you scoot on it and then they might have put you on some training wheels and a tricycle you know depending yep. on what the background was <laughs> some folks they started at the point where you in the middle of the street you borrowed your friend's bike you in the middle of the road they pushing you on the back and they gonna let you go and you're gonna keep doing that <laughs> until you learn until you learn so you have to decide on this journey which road do you want to take which technique which strategy do you want to use and who are you going to let push you on that bike? Who are you going to let hold that back? Who are you going to trust? Really, it's about trust. Yep. You know, and so I think about those things, especially during the season of reflection. And I've done some audits of my life and even of my business. And I kind of felt like I got to 48 years and I realized I... It's not that I just realized what I really wanted to do. I finally decided to be brave enough to do it at all costs. Right. Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You're like speaking to my soul. You don't understand because even in this change of like, um, I don't know, like the C word. I don't, I don't, I don't want to talk about this season anymore of what's happening outside and this lovely um, pandemic, but I took the time to really sit back and, and, and do some personal development for myself because there were things that I felt like, okay, I know I'm at the edge of the cliff and it's like, okay, what do I need so that I can take this next leap off? Right. So I took a big leap when I resigned from general manager position. And that was a season of, of again, more development in, in figuring out, okay, what old habits, what old beliefs I have to let go of that within myself. And then I have to let go of what my vision was in regards to being a general manager and what my were for from the corporate um, world. You know what I mean? Um, and, and you, in, in regards to what you said in, in with the bike and learning and navigating everything being in alignment, it just, it didn't, I didn't feel like I was in alignment. I, it was like, I was just getting up in the morning. I felt sick going to work. Like I would feel like, physically like nauseous anxiety and it's just like this is not normal like you know what I mean like yes it's great to make six figures yes it's great to have a little GM yes it's great to everyone else and what feels like and looks like success that I'm driving this and I live here but at the end of the day from a self-love and self-care perspective I burnt myself out right and it's just like but why you know what I mean so I had to go back and figure out okay where were my where are my areas of opportunity to to make a shift? Because I never want to be in this space again. I don't want to sacrifice myself for the success of anything, even with my, like, you know what I mean? Like I'm no longer in a place of burning myself out physically, burning myself out mentally, burning myself out emotionally to for a goal. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, if I'm not okay, then the goals don't matter. You know what I mean? Like if I'm not okay, then I can't be a mom. If I'm not okay. I can't be the person that I want to be in the world and pour from an empty cup. So I had to take a seat and truly take a, a, the time to say, okay, well, why did I feel that it was necessary for me to work 80 to 100 hours a week? Why did I feel that it was necessary to burn myself out? Why did I feel that it was okay to sacrifice myself for for the the goals and for everybody else versus taking the time to truly take care of myself. And that came from a place of lack of self-love, honestly. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it came from a place of perfectionism. And it came from a place of, of, okay, if if I look like I'm okay, then everything else doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? And I did that my entire life from being on honor roll, from always having a job, from always being the, the best in the room, 
You know what I mean? If I put on this great mask, then they won't see how I'm truly, truly suffering on the inside. And it took I took the time to say, no, you're now going to work on yourself and truly work on your self-love and your self-care because if you don't, then none of this matters. You know what I'm saying? It, it doesn't, you can't, you can't pour from an empty cup. I now want to only pour from my overflow versus pouring from, okay, well, I have like a drop of water left. So I'll share a drop of my half of water, if that makes sense. And I'm suffering and, and everybody else is okay, if that makes sense. And, and not from a selfish place, but from a self-love place. Powerful. And I've got to do my three. It's like my three rotations before that feedback kicks off. (laughs) It is. I've counted. It's now three rotations before it stops. So I know before I started to drop knowledge, let me do my rotation. (laughs) And then, um, but what you said, it gave me chills Mm -hmm. because my current research I'm working on. And yes, I said research that it started in really expanding the offerings for walking through glass, the guidebook, because it's research based practices and things in there to a research study. So I'm in the um, place of submission, getting ready to submit for IRB approval. Wow. Um, it's, it's peer review. It's, it's academic research about exactly what you talk about about the masking piece and dealing with imposter syndrome and framing it for what it looks like for us. And so much about what my brand and the lead her shift movement is all about. And when I say brand, I'm not talking about the worst leadership movement. I'm talking about who I am. You are the brand. People don't realize that you are your brand. And so is how do you unapologetically begin to love yourself? And one thing that I've shared in the course of the way the brain works, I'm a super nerd, super proud of it. Love being it. I love anything and everything involved with like learning and expanding the way that, you know, how you think and, and how you yeah. apply um, that. But the point to that was in my research and we have these subconscious tapes and people are like, I don't know why I did these things. Well, because if you kind of go back and and you study a little bit about how the brain works and where some of these recessive memories may come from and that amygdala and all that. I'm not going to get into the neuroscience of it all. You're fine, but you're absolutely, you're, you're hitting it right on the nose. <laughs> Here's the beauty of it though. Here's the beauty is what I share. I love sharing every time I'm speaking in a woman's group or a forum in any group now is that the only time, the only time you're not operating, because usually 90% of time you're operating on autopilot. And the autopilot is controlled by that amygdala, by your subconscious. But the only time that you are fully conscious outside of that 10% of time, okay, is when you're in love. And so I encourage my clients and I encourage the women that I speak to, the women that resonate with some of my voice, is to fall hopelessly madly in love with yourself. Right. When you do that, the decisions you make, you know, the yeses to yourself become more dominant than the no's to what you need. And so (laughs) you have to begin to say yes to you. And by saying yes to you, you now actually create this overflow and this level of abundance and this higher vibrational energy to now share with others. And you're sharing the best of you. Okay. Not the least of you, the drudges that you barely had enough to eat off of. It's like breastfeeding a baby and you haven't eaten in five days. And when you did, the last thing you ate was Skittles. Right. You know, (laughs) it's, it's, it's really important. So when you said you have to get to that love point, it really is, it really is critical. And if you don't hear anything else on this show today, And as you are listening, and there's been so many great things that we've had an opportunity to share, is that sharing from your overflow is far more fulfilling for you and for them. You create a win-win situation. And when you begin to help people frame how to interact with you, and they only know by the way you treat yourself. So say it part louder for the people in the back, please. Say that one more time, please. Because- <laughs> it's like part of that evolution 
that you have to get to, you know, is that to say that, okay, I love me. Now, this is what I do say. Every stage I'm in, they always cracks up the audience. I said, I love me. And if you do, it's a bonus. Right. Okay. That's where I'm at. And, and I even playfully, but unplayfully going to probably work it in some way into one of my mastermind groups next year. It's called the um, selfish mommy movement is that as moms, sometimes we think that we're doing a service to our children by sacrificing and playing the martyr and giving them everything. But what we're doing is teaching them how not to love themselves first. So how about we start communicating with our children and saying, okay, um, here's what I need right now. And I'll come back now. Let me put the disclaimer out there for folks. I'm not talking about you not finna feed your baby. Cause you want to go to the party club, have a glass of wine. That's not what I'm talking about. People let me go put it out there because the same way we had to tell people not to drink bleach. We got to sometimes tell people that's not what I'm talking about. Exactly. Give the instruction because yes. (laughs) What I'm saying. Um, I had to tell my son at one point because he would have things on his schedule and have, you know, moms were going to practice soccer. This we're driving them everywhere and, and stuff like that. And I'd say, Hey, here's our, here's our routine. Here's what I want to let me know in advance. Let's put everything on the schedule so I can work around that. But I had noticed at one point he would come and I could be on my way to go meet friends, go and do something. Oh my God. I forgot. I got to go over here, such and such. And what would we do? We drop everything. And we go take care of what they need. Yep. So how about, I'm so sorry, Xavier, because his name is Xavier. Um, our, our, our agreement is that I know in advance, I understand emergencies happen. And when that, we will deal with them. But this is not an emergency. So you have one or two choices. You can figure out a way to get there on your own. <laughs> or you don't have to miss it. Because I'm simply going to go ahead and go out like I have planned to. And in the very beginning, I'm not going to lie. Mom guilt takes a, over, Ooh. especially if you're a single mom or if you've been divorced like myself and all that, it takes over. But I had to say, Dina, it's about loving you. Right. And so how am I going to teach him to stand in the face of adversity and other women and how to love himself, how to treat his wife, how to raise his children if I'm constantly constantly running myself thin and dry, not planning, not being organized. And I'm actually enabling and encouraging that behavior. And so when I begin to reframe my thinking around it, it allowed me to say yes to me more often. And I do remember when he was really little and um, I would pick him up at those days I was in the classroom. So you can imagine I'm talking all day long, teaching all day long. I'm with middle school, I mean, with kids all day long. So then I have to go pick up my child. And in the very beginning, I would just be like, I'm done. I'm spent, you know, but I didn't want to deprive him from that interaction time. And what I did is I had the give me five. So what I would say is like, okay, when you get in the car, when I would pick him up and the crazy thing about my child is that the people at the daycare in the beginning, when we first started this, they thought my child couldn't talk. And they were wanting to test him. And I was like, what are you talking about? I said, he won't talk. He grunts. He points at stuff, but he won't talk. I said, what? This boy talks all the time. No, he won't talk. And ask for food. So he was saving, I guess, all his words for me when he got in the car. And so I would pick him up and he would get in the car. He just wanted mommy, 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 mommy. And so I started saying, okay, Xavier, I need five minutes. And so I told him, I told Tom, I said, let's look at the clock. I gave him a little watch. I said, here's a clock. I need five minutes just five minutes. Mommy needs five minutes. And, you know, and this is what you could do in the five minutes. And at the end of the five minutes, then we'll talk and we'll go through the day. And so, um, and so he started to do, he would get in the car. We give me, and then at the end of his five minutes, he'd go, okay, mommy, here's this time it's five minutes. And then I would talk. And, and again, I turned everything into a lesson, but more importantly, it was telling and teaching him that I need time for me. Right. And so he would then say to me, because children mimic you, they learn from you. So when I was doing my doing the most.com, and he'd be like, Mom, give me five minutes. <laughs> he would say, Mom, I need five minutes. 
like I learned that the hard way with my daughter because she's five. I have a 13 year old and a five year old. Right. And my my son, he has my personality in the sense of like his academic, um, like how intelligent he is and how driven he is and competitive. My daughter looks exactly like me. So when we speak and she gives me like back talk, I feel like I'm arguing with myself. <laughs> and I'm like, but I was not this spacious when I was five. So I think you're the updated version of me. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, and like certain things that she says and her mannerisms. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. Like, you know what I mean? And I had to, they didn't understand that mommy needed five minutes because I always sacrificed myself to make sure that they were good. Like even um, in my um, relationship, um, when I was in the domestic abusive relationship, I sacrificed myself so that my son could have a relationship with um, um, his family or with, you know what I'm saying, with the other side. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had to learn like, no, like this is unacceptable. And the first time that I was like, all right, I need five minutes was literally, and they all looked at my son and my daughter looked at me like, especially my daughter looked at me like, what? I want juice now <laughs> was when the Game of Thrones season finale came on. I was just like, no, stop distracting me. Give me five minutes. I need to see what's happening. <laughs> and it wasn't even the season finale. It was when they had the big fight. I don't know if you watched Game of Thrones. I was like, no, you are, n- I don't care what you need. I need to see what's happening with Arya. Give me five minutes. Right. <laughs> so I know exactly what you mean in the sense of no and 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 training them from now because they up until that point I never did that. I'm like, okay, I'll pause the TV or I'll pause my work or my creative space to make sure that you have what you need. And even now when I'm like on my calls and when because before I just was at work. And and I could make that time purposefully, like meaning like, OK, I'll just stay till nine, ten o'clock. I'll check in with them to make sure they're good and make sure everything is lined up. But I would make that time intentionally by staying at work later so I can get something done. Whereas now I'm working from home full time. So now they have to now they understand, like, no, when you see my laptop is up or when I close the door, I need this time to be on a call. I need this time to be on a webinar. I need this time to be on a um, a summit, whatever it is, you know what I mean? On a workshop, on a mastermind. And so now they have, now they are now set in that way and understand, okay, like she needs her time. You know what I mean? Or if I feel like I'm getting frustrated or flustered or feeling a little anxious, I'm like, all right, instead of um, having a reaction to it and showing them my frustration, I say, look, love you guys lots, but just give me five minutes because I just need to breathe and kind of come back together. Cause you know, you're just, you're, you're all, your brain is always moving. You're always, um, thinking of different things or have different responsibilities or have deadlines and want to get stuff done. And they don't necessarily understand that. They just understand, hey, I want juice now. Hey, I want lunch. Hey, I have a question. What kind of ant um, is a red ant? Like, can you Google that? Like, that's actually like right now when I'm trying to write my book. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, they understand what you mean and, and what you're saying and, and, and setting, setting um, good habits from now versus you know what I mean when they're older and now you're like hey, I didn't teach you that it's like no well you kind of did because your behavior taught me it versus you telling me if that makes sense so absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely one more absolutely yep there we go see okay three start cycles <laughs> I don't know why it's doing that like, it takes three cycles um and in, in in that and I like I said, I don't, you know, question or get caught up in things. And I always figure out, okay, so where's the lesson in that? Even the fact that it takes three rotations for it to clear. I <laughs> and and the power of three and, and what that looks like and means. And so I just stop. Sometimes, you know, I took theory of knowledge in high school. And so people are like sometimes that's just a tree. No, like for real. It's a tree. It is not a metal, it's a tree. Let the be the tree. I'm like, all right. So <laughs> I to sometimes just let it be the tree. Um, but what you were saying about that, creating that other balance and, you know, I can, the, the comfort in like that space, like I, I know we can sit on like for like hours and hours and hours 
And now almost like an hour in, I definitely want to make sure before we wrap up that you can share with our listening audience, what is your, if you had to give them one takeaway that they can go execute today, like literally you can finish listening to this podcast, go execute on this. This will positively impact your life, your vision, your goals, your dreams, your business. What would you like to, what would you tell them? What was that? What would that one thing be? I would tell them to just take a moment and by yourself, just take a moment by yourself because there's always distractions. There's always things happening. Take a moment to sit with yourself and truly have a notebook, have a pen, and just think about what you want your life to look like. Not today, because a lot of times we get stuck in what our moments, what our current situation is. What does three to five years look like? What do you want your, what do you want your story to be? What successes do you want to have? What do you want to have, what do you want to accomplish within the next five years? And do it in four areas, right? And business, business or finances, um, relationship, um, health and wellness, and spirituality. What do you want your life to look like? Um, and write it down so that you can then visualize and see, okay, this is what I want to be. I don't know. I want to have a yacht, hypothetically. Okay, so then with that main goal from there, write down micro goals so that you can achieve it. Plan, truly look at the future and don't just be stuck in the moment and the right now. Ooh, that's excellent. I mean, like... Wow. See? Wow. Wow. Hey. What? See? Boom. See? I told you. It takes <laughs> I don't <think> so <laughs> I absolutely like love it is to take stock, take inventory, take a look at your life and and look at those quadrants. <laughs> and then, you know, pick those, those pieces and of how you're going to actually execute one step at a time to get to that point, to Mm -hmm. achieve that, that is powerful because that is something you can do um, right now. I get clients who go, what am I supposed to do? I said, what's the one thing? Just do one thing. But I can't, I said, no, there is one thing you can do right now. Even if your one thing is looking at your phone and sending a text to one person, telling them about what you want to do. There is a one thing and those micro wins build momentum. And gives you, you know, that additional um, encouragement that you need. So when you get stuck in that, and add on to that point, is that, and you're like, well, what do I do next? Boil it down to the one thing. The one thing might, okay, I could get up and get a glass of water because once I get, you know, I'm not thirsty, I could think. One thing, just get into motion and start to train your brain to move whenever you're feeling like that is a one thing that then leads because once you did that now you're like, Oh, okay. Now I see this. Okay. Now that I walked in here, now I can do this. Okay. Now I can get my notebook. I mean, if you have to boil it all the way down to the least common, you know, factor in movement and then, and see how that, you know, that grows. And then more importantly, get a coach. (laughs) (laughs) So how could people like get a hold of you, reach out to you, learn more about you? Um, did, you know, get a better sense of um, how they might be able to plug into what you offer, what would be the best way to reach out to you? Um, Readytotransformnow.com. You will see my new book that I'm getting ready to release that I'm so excited about, A Warrior's Paradigm. I'm so excited. Um, (laughs) um, um, Yeah, so readytotransformnow.com. Ooh, that sounds so, so, so good. And like I said, I hate to do it, y'all, because, you know, we get like, it's almost like like girl talk time. You be with your friends. You can just sit and chat and whatever all night. I know that. That's why I love, 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 appreciate you. And I thank you for listening. And I thank you, Chanel, for just being such an amazing guest and having such amazing conversation um, and even for laughing at my jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I thank you for this opportunity. It's been amazing. And you're phenomenal. Like, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I love you. I just want to air hug you. Like, you're amazing. <laughs> I feel it. I feel it. And so I want to leave all you listeners with my ending thought that has become my ending thought. 
And I used to think, oh, I should change it around. But I realized that there's power in repetition. And so if you can hear these words in the midst of any trial, tribulation, or struggle, or in the middle of the glass, or you're feeling all cut up, if you can hear these words and process really what they mean, let them speak to your spirit, then you will be able to keep moving. And so I say to you, know that you have the power and the authority to transform your situation. So get clear about what you really want which will lead to you being confident about who you are called to be and allow you to stay consistent on how you are called to serve. And more importantly, keep listening to Walking Through Glass, the podcast, and invite some friends, some cousins, some aunties, your haters, and everybody in between. And Walking Through Glass, the podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Music Play, and our host, um, Podbean. And if you actually just Googled it, you'll find it in some other places. I didn't even know that it was. And I know that it will bless you and help you transform some area of your life. So I want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And until next time, keep it moving. Real talk. Real talk. Real talk. Real talk.